Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Lineout Podcast. So this is the first one of two today. Uh, firstly, we're looking at uh, the Australia-Argentina game, which, uh, along with the New Zealand-South Africa game, which follows right after, uh, ends this year's rugby championship. So New Zealand have already got the whole thing sewn up uh, with the game in hand. Um, so their match with South Africa uh, is very much uh, really taking a, a look at the status quo between the two countries. Uh, there's no silverware on the line, but a hell of a lot of pride and a hell of a lot of uh, who's who in the zoo in terms of international test rugby. But as for tomorrow's first test, that between Argentina and Australia, well, Australia are on a roll. There is no question about that. But for Argentina, sadly, this rugby championship has been just essentially one uh, one misery after another. Uh, this week, this past week, has proved particularly challenging for the Pumas. Um, it started off with uh, a photo shoot uh, in which captains of three of the participating countries, New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia, all got to appear, but somehow Argentina got omitted. You know, given the fact that they uh, have yet to score a point or register a point on the table in this year's championship, although it was accidental, it was a huge oversight and a massive snub. And, you know, you really have to, your heart really has to go out to the Pumas. They're already having a miserable tournament as it is. And then that just adds, uh, you know, just rubs salt into the wound. Then uh, followed up from that was six players of the Puma squad going and breaking COVID protocols uh, and going out of their bubble, crossing the border into New South Wales uh, and therefore becoming ineligible for tomorrow's match. Uh, that was a blatant breach of protocol by the players in, in question. Um, and, you know, it kind of uh, it kind of diminished from the unfortunate issue around uh, the snub in the photo shoot. So, yeah, it's really been a tough week for the Pumas. It's been a tough championship, and it's been a particularly tough week. And my heart really goes out to to Pumas coach Mario Ledesma. I think he's a great guy. I think he's one of Test Rugby's great characters. I think he's a good coach. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, but he's just being handed one hurdle after another. And, you know, in this, this final test of the, the rugby championship, before he and his charges head north to, to Europe um, for a very challenging uh, tour in November, it must be really hard to, to summon up the energy for a game which, for all intents and purposes, is... I hate to say it, but probably a bit of a dead rubber. Um, I'm hoping it won't be that case. I'm hoping Argentina is going to dig deep and uh, salvage some pride at the end of this tournament and really get themselves back on the right footing for, like I say, what's going to be a very challenging tour uh, to Europe in November, where they'll have to face uh, Ireland and France. That's that's not an easy outing by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah. Um, Heart really goes out to Argentina right now, um, but let's hope that uh, let's hope that this this uh, tomorrow's match gives them something to cheer about. I think you know 
it's hard to explain why they've had this this dramatic dip in form. You know, last this time last year they were everybody's darlings after having spent a year in isolation and, and beaten the All Blacks. Um, yeah, and and their two draws with Australia. So, what has happened this year? I, I think I'm at a loss to understand it. The talent's there, the quality of players is there, but. Maybe it's just a psychological thing. I think, you know, the whole effects of the pandemic have hit Argentina probably harder than any other squad. And if you look at it, you know, essentially since they started playing again last year, you know, first of all, they had the year in isolation where they didn't play anybody after the World Cup. They couldn't even train together. Um, And then they go into last year's rugby championship. And ever since then, they've basically bounced from one COVID bubble to another uh, in isolation. You know, they've spent a lot of time on the road, a lot of time living out of suitcases, a lot of time away from family and friends. And, you know, they, they wrap up in, in Australia tomorrow. And I don't even know if they're because of protocols going to have a chance to go back home to Argentina, uh, before they have to start all over again and head to Europe and, and get established in the, the COVID protocols for, for the November series. So even if they do get home, it's going to be very, very brief. So, you know, I think your heart has to go out to the, the team a, a little bit. They, they've, they've had a pretty tough go of it this year. And maybe they're just, just at a, reached a bit of a low, low point. You know, life on the road, life out of a suitcase has just kind of got to them perhaps a bit. Um, I personally think they'll be back. I think... Um, Tomorrow may not go very well for them, but I do think they'll they'll dig a bit deeper and come the November tour they'll start to start to you know be spooling it up again. Um, so we'll see. That's certainly my hope. Uh, like I say, not uh, two very difficult tests for them in November. Uh, Ireland and France, a bit of an easier run against Italy, but uh, yeah, we'll see. But you know, here's fingers crossed that tomorrow is is the start of Argentina putting themselves back on the right foot. But like I say, as for Australia, well, they are on a roll. Uh, Two back-to-back wins over the world champion South Africa. One arguably a little bit lucky, but uh, the second one definitely uh, there was no luck involved there. That was was a clinical performance and one that the Wallabies should be very proud of. Uh, And then last weekend, you know, they they pretty well dispatched Argentina. Um, And given the lineup that they're fielding for tomorrow's match, you know, it's it's hard to, to see them not uh, putting in a repeat performance. But yeah, Australia are on a roll. There's there's no question about it. They, uh, you know, after the horror show of that three uh, three match uh, series of defeats against the All Blacks, they just got better and better with every outing. And you know, we saw it this summer. We saw it when uh, during the the French series. You know, this is a young Australian team. They're they're a work in progress, but. You know, I, I think like a lot of people, I, I really liked what I saw against France. Uh, it kind of went sideways quite horribly against New Zealand. But, you know, they seem to recover from that, bounce back. And, you know, two really good outings against South Africa, a good outing against Argentina, and potentially another one on the cards tomorrow. Australia should feel pretty excited about where they're at and where they're headed. Uh, also heading into to a very difficult November tour uh, north of the equator. I mean, they're taking on Japan. And let's face it, you know, we saw Japan this summer against the Lions in Ireland. They're no slouches. Uh, that'll be a pretty good uh, 
pretty good warm-up uh, game for them before they had to take on some of, uh, you know, Europe's heavyweights in um, in the shape of, you know, first up they've got Scotland and a challenging match against uh, England's new young bucks, uh, most likely, and uh, followed up by, you know, Wales. Uh, and there's a gritty side of ever if ever there was one. Um, reunited with all their lion stars. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Australia are going to probably go into November uh, on the basis of their finish of the rugby championship very well prepared. And they look pretty well set to, to clinch a uh, second spot on the rugby championship table, depending on what happens between South Africa and New Zealand tomorrow. But, you know, we'll talk about that in the next episode. But, you know, the omens for South Africa aren't looking particularly good right now. But we'll see. So looking at the match, um, li- uh, the lineups, um, Argentina obviously have had to make a lot of changes because of the COVID uh, protocol breach. Um, so in comes Rodrigo Martinez, uh, Julian Montoya stays at hooker and captain, and Enrico Pireta, uh, Pireto uh, is uh, starting uh, in the front row. It's not a bad front row, um, but let's face it, with James Slipper, Fulow, Fainga, and Taniela Tupo uh, for Australia, it, that's a pretty impressive front row. Uh, Slipper and Tupo were absolutely immense um, last weekend. Great to see Tupo get the start, um, and I expect you're going to see that more and more. I mean, he is an impact player, but he's also so much more than an impact, and I think the difference with Tupo is he can bring that impact for a full 80 minutes. He's a pretty remarkable player. Um, so, yeah, no surprises to see him get, get a starting berth. Fainga, it's really interesting. His line-out work has, has actually deteriorated as the championships uh, worn on. Uh, he started off really well in the first uh, outing he had against New Zealand, pretty good against South Africa, and then last weekend... His line-out throwing was sketch, to say the least. Um, you know, you, you go back to the statistics for that match. Um, and, you know, Australia only managed a poultry uh, 77% success at line-out time compared to 88% for Argentina. I mean, I think you can say with Argentina that uh, whatever their woes, uh, Montoya is having a fantastic championship. He's a great captain. He's fantastic at the line out. Um, his work rate is, is phenomenal. He's, he's got some really game changing turnovers. So yeah, I think if the two Fianga, although he's, he's impressive as, is not uh, looking quite as good. And uh, that line out thing has really got to get addressed this weekend. So hopefully that's, they'll, they'll be able to do that. But uh yeah, that's one cause of concern I, I can see for Australia there. And it's even more of a concern when you look at the kind of line-out jumpers, particularly in the second row that Argentina's fielding. Um, Guido Petit, Thomas Lavanini. Um, you know, I think discipline was a problem last weekend for Argentina. Um, nothing, you know, serious, more just silly. Um, and, you know, a lot of the ugly kind of penalties that Lavanini used to, to incur for Argentina in the past, you don't see that anymore. And I'm really pleased to see that because I, 
I've always held that if, if Lavanini can keep his emotions in check, he's a quality player. And uh, yeah, I think, you know, he had a pretty good game last, last week for the most part. Um, and Petty, I think once you bring him, you know, he's, he's starting this week um, as opposed to uh, last week where uh, he was, he was on the bench. And I think that's the right call. Um, you know, he's such a dynamic player. He's such a nuisance on the line out. And, you know, if Fainga's having an off day, Lavanini and, and Petty between them will, will punish Australia. Uh but you know Australia, they have got some some really big guns uh, in their own second row. I mean, they got Matthew Phillip on the bench, and then they've got Darcy Swain and Isaac Rada uh, as the their their two starting locks. Uh, I I think it's great that Isaac Rada is back in the Wallaby fold. Uh, he's looking really good. I've always rated him very highly as a player. Darcy Swain is is the future. And then you got Matthew Phillip alongside him, is is who's the future as well. So you've got some real experience in Rada, um, some real talent and presence in in uh, in Phillip, and you've got the future in in Darcy Swain. That's a pretty pretty awesome trio. Um, but you know Argentina will match it. They've got Matthias Alamano on the bench, and as I say with Lavanini and uh, Petty, there's. There's nothing to be ashamed of in that offering. In the back rows, um, you know, I thought Australia had a absolutely epic game last weekend, um, and they have uh, chosen to to tweak it a little bit. Um, this weekend, you see Pete Samu coming in for uh, Rob Liotta. Michael Hooper keeps his position, obviously, at captain and flanker and rob valentini uh stays at eight i thought valentini had a fantastic game and he just gets better and better with every outing uh hooper is having probably the best rugby championship of his career barring those two uh, those three losses to new zealand and pete summer is looking impressive so you know that's a quality back back row for australia but you know um not as experienced uh, and perhaps as capable uh, in Argentina for Juan Martin Gonzalez and Rodrigo Bruni. Um, Juan Martin and Gonzalez is the blindside flanker and Rodrigo Bruni at number eight. But Marcos Kramer uh, at the blindside flank, you know, I he had a he gave away a lot of silly penalties last weekend. There's no getting away from that. But uh, he is such a player. Um, he he lends such a, a physical presence to Argentina's efforts up front. Um, he's dynamic. He's, he puts in massive hits. If he can just keep his discipline and frustration in check, um, then you're going to get a very good game out of him. And I have to admit, I like what I've seen of Juan Martin Gonzalez. Uh, that's, that's a definite, uh, that's definitely something to keep on the radar for the future for Argentina. That's looking very promising. And Rodrigo Bruni, I don't think the championship has got off to the way he's he's wanted it to, but I don't deny for his a second his ability and his talent. So not as capable as Australia's offering in the back row, but still seriously competitive, especially in the shape of Kramer. And you know, Bruni has got to have the kind of game that he had last year when uh, the old, uh, the Pumas beat the All Blacks. There's that game in him, and hopefully we're going to get to see that game tomorrow. 
In the halfbacks, uh, Nick White and Quade Cooper get the starts for Australia. Um, it was interesting. I I would have thought um, that Tate McDermott uh, would have got a start, um, especially as Jake Gordon is on the bench for Australia for this match uh, in the scrum half position. But no, they've they've decided to stick with with Nick White and put Jake Gordon on the bench at scrum half. Um, like there's no question Nick White's playing really really well, but I really enjoy watching McDermott and uh, yeah I, I I'm not sure why he's not in. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe there was an injury niggle there. Um, so forgive me if, if my facts aren't all up to speed on that one. Um, I gotta admit I don't really rate Jake Gordon on the bench. I I don't think he's the best option for Australia at scrum half. I don't think he's 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 their go-to guy, but maybe because of, of uh, possible injuries to McDermott, they've got to bring him in, and and they've got to you know build up a, a good solid um, third choice understudy. Uh, Quade Cooper, he's uh, yeah, he just seems to get better and better with with every outing, and uh, the big excitement this week is James O'Connor returns to the bench for Australia in the fly half position. Uh, you know both Cooper and O'Connor had a reputation as kind of the bad boys of Australian rugby, kind of arrogant, um, self-involved individuals. Both of them seem to have cleaned that at, that part of their act up. Quade Cooper's playing well with, with maturity, confidence, and assuredness. He's not taking ridiculous risks like he used to in the past. His decision-making is a lot better. And the same can be said of, of O'Connor. I mean, I thought he had a really good season in Super Rugby with the Reds admittedly he struggled to to translate that form into uh facing up to kiwi sides but uh he's back and uh i think he's only going to get better he's always been a talented player there's there's no getting away from that he's uh he's yeah he's he's got uh, quite the skill set so it'll be good to see him back argentina's offering not as good um You've got uh, Santiago Carreras and Gonzalo Bertrandu uh, starting uh, Bertrandu in the scrum half position and Carreras in the fly half position. I must say, though, I have been really, really impressed with Carreras' transition to the fly half role. Uh, he looked really good last weekend. He was one of the few players for Argentina that seemed to be really making an effort and making it stick and making it count. So I like what I saw. I think a lot of people liked what they saw. And uh, if that's going to be his future and the Puma's set up, I think it's a bright future. You know, Bertrino, he's okay. Uh, nothing spectacular, but, you know, he can be solid and reliable. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be concerned with him in the position, but are there better options out there? I'm not sure. Talking of which, though, again, scrum half replacement Gonzalo Garcia, I liked what I've seen from him. Uh, he's looked impressive. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh, to be to be looked forward to. And then uh, Domingo Miotti uh, at fly half. We haven't really seen much of him in this championship. He seems to kind of crack under pressure. So so who knows? Uh, I also forgot to mention uh, on the bench for Australia, uh, big another big return, Sean McMahon. Uh, the big utility uh, back rower for Australia. Um, he's kind of been out in the wilderness for four years after going to Japan. Um, 
and I thought he was a great loss to the the Wallaby setup. Um, so I'm delighted to see him him back as well, and expect big things from him. He is a quality player. Uh, I think he's going to cause uh, Argentina some real problems in in the loose, and he he is a big hitter when it comes to providing Australia with some uh, some defensive options in the forwards. So great to see uh, Sean McMahon uh, back back in the, in the Wallaby fold. But yeah, moving on to uh, onto the the backs um, for Australia. Uh, Pretty much what you see is what you get uh, on the wings. Uh, Andrew Kellaway and Jordan Bataya gets a start, uh, which I think is great news. Um, you know, again, I think he's kind of seen by Wallaby management as a bit of an impact player. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, there's there's some real talent there. And um, great to see him get a start. He needs more starts. Uh, he needs to work on some of his defensive skills but uh, he's quality through and through as is Kellaway who's who's been a real revelation for Australia this tournament uh, they'll be up against Emiliano Buffelli and Matthias Moroni again two quality Pumas wingers uh, both physical both uh, both hard men to bring down so that'll be that'll be a real contest tomorrow um, and uh, Lastly, uh, in the centers and at fullback, you've got uh, in the centers Santiago Chocobares and Lucio Sinte uh, for Argentina. I thought, you know, Sinte keeps trying to get involved. Uh, he's very much the rookie, but you can see his sevens pedigree, and, you know, I think he's only going to get better. And Chocobares just needs a couple of good games under his belt. And again, he's quality, and when he, when he is on song, he's, he's definitely something to, uh, to be excited about for Argentina. And obviously for Australia, Samba Karevi, Lene Katao. Lene Katao has kind of put the world on fire. Um, and he's looking good for Australia. And Samba Karevi, again, another guy back in the fold who's just making big headline, big big headlines. And lastly, at fullback, uh, Juan Malia, uh, Malia. And for Argentina, Reese Hodge for Australia. Malia, Malia looking good, but uh, Hodge... Yeah, I think Hodge has a few issues with the high ball, but uh, for the most part, again, he's just one of those gritty, reliable uh, guys as your as your last line of defense. And, you know, coupled to that monster boot of his, I, I can see why he's there. Uh, like I say, we mentioned most of the benches. Um, I'd argue that uh, the front row replacements for Australia, Lachlan Lonergan, Angus Bell, Greg Holmes, again, another big return, 37 years old for Greg Holmes. He's been out of the Wallaby fold since 2016. We should see how he gets on. Fagundo Bosch, Thomas Gallo, and Edward Bello for uh, Argentina. I don't think as strong as an offering. Uh, we talked about Matthias Alamano and Matt Phillip. Uh, and obviously the, the return of Sean, Sean McMahon. Uh, with Francisco Garrison being the the back row uh, forward replacement for Argentina, and uh, lastly Mateo Carreras uh, for Argentina, uh, and Tom Wright as your kind of utility backs. Um, Tom Wright, I really want to see him have a go. Um, you know, I think he's he's been up and down a little bit this year so far, but he's definitely a talent. I just think he needs a little bit more game time. So hopefully he'll be getting that. Uh, on Saturday. 
so yeah, uh, a big game for for both teams. Um, Argentina, obviously, with everything to prove, uh, and Australia just looking to end uh, a, a rapidly improved uh, or a dramatically improved rugby championship performance on a high note. Uh, Argentina clearly with all the work to do. Australia less so. Um, and you know, you just you just look on form, and Argentina not looking particularly sharp um that last match you know their statistics aren't that great um you know meters made for australia 606 215 for argentina defenders beaten 31 for australia 10 for argentina clean breaks 10 for australia nil for argentina yeah it's just you know uh not that great not that great. The only thing that I think that Argentina can feel good about is their defense does look solid, and turnovers won last week eight to eight to two for them. Uh, so so that's that's working for them. Um, you know they had to make 149 tackles compared to Australia's 95, but of that they they missed 31, whereas Australia only missed 10. Um, you know we've. Their goal-kicking percentage is not great. Uh, they had a lot of problem with that last week, whereas Australia was uh, 5 out of 5, 100%. Um, but, you know, in terms of rucks, uh, sides are pretty evenly matched. Argentina definitely has the advantage come line-out time and also scrum time. So, you know, it's not all gloom and doom for Argentina. Tighten up the, the discipline. Uh, be a little bit more confident. Um and assertive with ball in hand, use your backs and, uh, they could be in this to win it, but you know, there's, there's a confidence crisis going on right now and they need to get on top of that. And that's not something that Australia are suffering from. They're just, if anything, they're perhaps there's a danger that Australia is overconfident. Um, and you know, Argentina could, could exploit that if, if our Australia aren't careful, I don't think it'll be the case, sadly. Um, but uh, what I do hope is that Argentina can hold their head high and uh, even if they do lose tomorrow, which seems to be the way things are, are leaning towards, uh, it's, it's a close match and they, they've got something in terms of pride and results uh, in terms of improvement to take with them to, to Europe next month. So yeah, here's hoping for a good game. Uh, Premier Sports Asia is probably your best bet if you uh, are not going to be up at 10 to 3 this morning Eastern time to catch it uh, and you want it on demand. Uh, TSN was a little bit better last weekend with getting the games on demand. I think they had them around 4 o'clock on Saturday. But yeah, Premier Sports Asia, uh, when I got up at, at 6 this, uh, that morning, I was able to start watching. So that was great. So yeah, here's uh, hoping for some, some good action. And uh, with that, we'll sign this one off and uh, head over to look at Australia, South Africa and New Zealand. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, stay safe, and we'll talk to you in a couple of minutes.